Before we get started with this week's pod, I just wanted to let you know that the tickets for the FM Charity Cup are now on sale. The event is being held at Leamington Football Club on Saturday the 5th of May and all of the money generated from ticket sales is going to a fantastic charity, War Child. And if that wasn't enough to entice you to buy a ticket, you can also see some of your favourite WeStream FM and 5 Star Podcast regulars don their boots and take to the field. The link to where you can buy your tickets can be found in the description of this podcast. Hopefully we'll get to see some of you there. Welcome to Five Star Potential, a weekly football manager podcast brought to you by WeStream FM. On this week's pod, we'll be chatting about all things retro with our favourite things from previous championship and football manager games in our team meeting. But first, I better introduce you to my better co-hosts. Mr. Kurt Dog, how are you this week? And say hello. Hello, hello, hello. I'm good. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Teach, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you very much. And hello, everyone. Excellent. Mr. Dupe, how are you? Hello. Spot on. Thanks, mate. Good, good. And rounding us off, Mr. Dave, as a party. Hello, how's it going? Sun's out. Guns out. That's how it is. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe less guns. We might offend some Americans. Um, <laughs> right. So, who wants to kick me off with a save update? Mr. Kurt Dog, I think you should. St- you started, so you can start again. What's going on in Nottingham? Um... Uh, we have the only the only thing we've we've played through since last week is uh, pre season really. So um, if you missed last week's pod, uh, we finished fourth in the Premier League, securing our spot in next season's Champions League was the qualification round at least. So uh, we've spent our pre season trying to strengthen our back line. We've moved a few players on. Renokia's left, absolute mountain of a man. Uh, thank him for all his service. Uh, we've brought in. Jordan Lukaku is our sort of new first choice left back. We've brought in a guy from Holland called Van Drongelen, who uh, is in pre-season looks absolutely beastly, to be honest with you. Um, we've also signed a new striker from uh, Mexico, um, a guy called Eric Lopez from Club America, um, who looks really exciting. So I, I'm, I'm positive about how, uh, how next season is shaping up. Um, I just hope we get a sort of favourable draw in that Champions League qualifier to ensure we get through to the group stages because it'll be a massive anti-climax if not. Can we touch on Stuart Pearce? Have we got any Stuart Pearce news? Ah, yeah. Okay, so uh, there's been quite a lot of backroom staff uh, comings and goings and uh, Stuart Pearce, uh, he, he, his contract ran out as assistant manager. Uh, I tried to offer him a, a new job as... Uh, tea lady or kit man um he wasn't happy about that so he's left the club at some point like i've looked at our relationship status on my profile screen and it's you know it still says we're very close so at some point i'd like to think he'll come back in a in a role uh, that maybe suits him slightly better than assistant manager uh, we did bring in walter samuel as our new assistant manager obviously just totally goes against the narrative of why I started to save, but who cares? It's Walter fucking Samuel. Uh, and also, we've brought in a, a director of football, 
uh, one Diego Maradona. <laughs> so uh, there's a real Argentinian feel to the backroom team now. And uh, not only Argentinian feel, but no tactical knowledge whatsoever, apparently. Do you know? Do you know? It's it's hilarious because on your inbox, you obviously you get delivered news items, and usually it's a member of a staff delivering you those news items. And it will never not be funny to see Diego Maradona deliver me like trivial news, like I don't know, my under eighteen physio his contracts running out or something like that. You don't know who he is, Diego. Maradona is your lackey. What are you talking about? But um, yeah, great to have him on board. Marvellous stuff. Mr. Tobes, what's things going on in... Uh, what's things going on? That's awful English. Uh, never mind. Okay. Well, it's... it's uh, it's. I suppose it's apparent because you're in Germany, so we'll, we'll float with that one. How are things going at Leverkusen? Uh, first of all, you know, as we're on a... A nostalgia trip in today's episode. I thought it was, it was quality that what that uh, Walter Sam, Sam Wells at uh, at Curtis Club. I mean, how many over the years? How many times must we all? I mean, collectively have signed Walter Sam Walter Samuel. It's unbelievable. Dave doesn't know um, who he is, but never mind. But I just thought it was very fit for the heart? episode that it's just it's lined up like right now. Yes, yeah, I knew his friend. Yeah, friend yeah. centre half. Am I right? An absolute it's, fucking unit of a not, man. It's not French. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so obviously I'd had a, I'd had a bit of a break last week. Came back to the the stream with the Leverkusen save, and we're still in preseason. Uh, the vast majority of the focus for that save at the moment has been on the pursuit of one man, a certain Arthur from Gremio. Uh, the story behind it being, of course, now we're 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 knocking on. We're getting close to May now, so we're six six months into the life cycle of the game, and not that long left. And my return to Leverkusen this year was because I really wanted to build a team around Kai Havertz and I really wanted to get a chance to use Arthur this year because, of course, with his impending move to Barcelona and whatnot, the likelihood of being able to pick him up uh, in next year's game is going to be slim to none unless you manage in Barcelona. So we approached him and he was he was in that position where it's like, yeah, I'm not interested. The club would sell him. Club, you know, Gremio, they'll take any money would throw, you know, but um, not interested in the move. Uh, and we had one of those, well, I was, was going to say one of those sort of real sort of dickhead football agents, but I suppose nowadays it's just a normal football agent who just wants a load of money. So we we set about going to watch his games and we, we didn't have much time because we had our pre-season fixtures. But I was able to watch him for three games before the window closed. And those three games, we seen him go from not interested to, you know, he's aware that we're we're interested, but he, he doesn't really fancy the move. To appreciating me going to watch his games and and becoming interested, and then the final one being leaning towards. And the last night's stream ended up with literally the the deal getting done. He was in the van. And uh, and that's where we are. So looking forward to. I still need to. I, I need to try and buy, find myself. <clears throat> I need to find myself the John O'Shea of Germany. I want to try and buy a, uh, a a a a a man who can do it all at the back and just give us cover right across the back because we have a uh, Henriks and Wendell who can play uh, sort of left back, right back. But uh, we're struggling for cover. So that's next on the agenda. But all in all, feeling very positive about the save. Feeling well back into it and uh, looking forward to getting stuck back in. Two words for for you, teach Joe Gomez. Thank me Joe later. Joe Gomez. Yeah, it's, it's the money. It's the monies. Your budget for is that pretty much gone? All on Arthur. 
Or is there a little bit left in the tank? Have you been able to spend elsewhere, or is he been your sole transaction? No, as, as discussed on Twitter, I have Kevin Volland at Leverkusen. And over the years, he's another one of these players that I've used quite a lot. But I'll be honest, I've never, never got out of Volland what I've wanted to get out of him throughout the previous iterations of the game. So I was on the fence. When the Arthur deal was looking like it could be a possibility that we could get him interested... That I had to make the decision like we were going to hang back on Volland and wait for someone to come in. You know, it's like trying to sell a player on Football Manager. You offer them out, you're not going to get the best deal. Um, it, whereas we knew Dortmund were interested, but they never came in. So I did end up offering them out and I ended up getting a structured deal with Southampton. Southampton paid 15 million quid up front with 13 million quid in clauses and a 50% sell on fee. So that gave us a, a good chunk of change. We had a £29 million budget at that point after that deal had gone through. So we all had £14 million before. And I signed Arthur for £15 million up front and £14 million structured. So no, it wasn't. It was a £25 million total deal. So maybe £10 million structured. Uh, but it leaves us with money in the bank to try and go and, and, and plug more gaps that we, that we require. But ultimately, I was genuinely pleased as punch with the 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 deal that we could get for Arthur because, you know, I know that had we have left it a season or two, we'd have been paying double, maybe even triple that. Well, once again, your methods of pursuit have paid off massively there. Mr. Dupe, how are things going on in, in your save right now? Well, it seems to be there's a bit of a pre-season vibe going on. We're also in pre-season, pre-season number seven for Forest Green. We're in the seventh season, mental. Uh, prepping for our third year in the Premier League and we found that our lack of gaining more reputation is slowly but surely draining all enthusiasm out of this out of this safe because we can't sign anybody that's going to push us up to the next level. It's finding it more and more difficult to attract players. We're paying them more and more money and in turn it's just making it brutal. But we... Uh, we actually, the last stream we did, we started the first game of the season. We did a, a lovely nil-nil draw, which I say lovely. We always bloody concede. So it's nice that we've swapped to a five at the back and we got a nil-nil. Maybe struggling with the creativity up top, but we've got a nil-nil. I'm happy. A clean sheet. Uh, I completely understand the rut that you're in at the moment in terms of resource and having to just deal with what you've got. Although I don't necessarily have the the reputation issues that you have, but yeah, completely understand where you are at at the moment. I mean, we've got money. We've got. I mean, I ended the the transfer window buying about sixty million pounds worth of players, and I've got twenty four left in the bank. I've got loads of money, but you can't get the good players. I mean, for this is no offence, man, but for quite a shit team, uh, Blackburn's actually got a good rep. You know, ex Premier League winners and all that jazz. So it's it, it's just Forest. Who the fuck are Forest Green? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I am concerned that if I was to start save like that low down, whether the reputation climbs in accordance to that. Maybe it doesn't, but uh, maybe someone from the community can answer that question for us. Anyway, Mr. Dave has a party. What's been going on in your world? So yeah, I'm still managing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously, still Wolves. Um, I've probably not again not really played the game as much as, as I would have wanted to over the last week but uh, I'm still season 5 coming into December now uh, qualified out of our Europa League group with ease to be honest I was a bit concerned obviously with us qualifying uh, into Europe for the first time whether the sort of Thursday Sunday matches would pick a, like catch up on us but I think we, we were quite fortunate with how easy our uh, group was and but 
I could I could rotate players and you know my it's it's good because my fourth and fifth choice strikers for example are Dries Mertens and Lautaro Martinez so we've got very good depth there um, but the only concern is I mean we, we're smashing the Europa League uh, league's going okay still sort of fifth in the league which the board wanted uh, but the one thing that's concerning me is is my strikers really I've got three really good strikers and at the moment the formations that we've got are only two or one striker formations so there's always going to be at least one good striker missing out so we've got Paulinho uh, the Dutch guy Sir Hoist and and Pellegrini and at the moment Pellegrini's been left out and for such a great player I just feel like it's a bit of a waste I really want him to get more first team football but can't really play that uh, free striker formation you know so um, <laughs> at the moment one of them's always having to miss out but uh, to be fair as a whole the, the save is still going really really well and uh, it'll be interesting to see um, I mean we've still got two games left in the Europa League group stage but we've all, as I say we've already qualified so it'll be interesting to see uh, who we get in in the next round Dave, Paulinho, last season, top goalscorer Premier League by five goals. How's he doing for you, dude? Uh, well, last well, first season, he I think this is his third season now for us. Uh, first season, he was sort of main striker with Jota, scored about 15 goals. Last season was about the same, but second half of the season, he was rotating a lot. But this season, he's top goalscorer at the moment by far. So even though, it's probably stat-wise, next to Sir Hoyce and Pellegrini, he's probably not as strong, but... He just seems to always score the goals. He always seems to be in the right position at the right time. Good stuff to hear. In terms of my save, uh, we are very much at the tail end of the season. In fact, we've, sa- we've finished the actual season or the season proper. Um, we failed in our attempt to get automatic promotion. Um, dodgy results against both East Midland clubs in the well, the final game of the season and then the, the fourth from the end game against Forest, where we lost by one of the dodgiest own goals I think I've ever seen in FM and I'm sure we've all seen our share of those. So we failed to get automatic promotion. Uh, we wouldn't have got it anyway, even if results had or if we'd done our job. Results didn't go our way and Norwich pipped ourselves, Southampton and Swansea to uh, to that automatic spot. So we've got to go through the playoffs. I, I can't. I think we've got Swansea um, so that, that we've basically got the playoffs to, still to play. All of the teams have much better players than we do. Ultimately, we shouldn't be where we are. We've, we're very fortunate this is the first season in the Championship since being promoted. Um, I don't hold out much hope. Now, generally, <laughs> generally, you should look on the positive side of things for, for how you approach things, but with how things have been at the moment with like really erratic form, we'll win four and then go and lose two. There's no consistency at all. And over two legs, I'm really, really unsure about how things will go. So I don't even know if we'll get to the final at this point. But at least I can then make a decision as to what we do with the with rebuilding the squad to go again next year. Right. Okay. So I think it's time for the team meeting then. So as, as we said from the outset, uh, this week we're going to be focusing on about our favourite things of past football manager games and uh, I think this was probably slightly born of us all getting a bit rustled by some some dodginess from FM whether it be deserved or not uh, and so a, a, a sort of a brief reminiscence uh, led to sort of including this as a topic for this week uh, we do have a poll to uh, deliver the results of later that is linked to this theme but who wants to get us kicked off with uh, their favourite things uh, without getting two Julie Andrews all up in it Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Um, well, I mean, I know part of this conversation was kind of born of uh, 
uh, one of one of teachers' streams the other day where he was referring to the uh, the commentary bar on the old uh, on the old Championship Manager where um, where there'd be a delay, like if say um, Andy Cole was through on goal, you know Andy Cole shoots and then there's a delay, and you, <laughs> you're sitting there looking at the screen going, what's going on? And then it either flashes up with a goal or oh he puts it wide and but you know football managers moved on now to a point where obviously it had to move on you know it, it had to move on whether it's moved on to the extent that it should have I don't know but um, it's moved on to a point now where the three D the three D match engine is uh, I, I, do you know what I'm I'm going to stop myself here because I can feel myself about to get ranty but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Kello um, but yeah, but that, that I know this was born of, a, of the sort of the commentary bar delay discussion that was had in uh, in teacher stream and things like squad printouts and stuff like that um, that we all uh, that we all sort of look back fondly at. Uh, although uh, Dave, I'm not sure, uh, not sure you were born at that point, were you? Probably not, mate. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, Dave I mean, has no idea what. Sorry, Dave, I've cut you off there. Mate. That's right. Dave, you have no idea what a dot matrix printer is. You've not lived since. Until you've used a dot matrix, I mean, dot matrix printer. Realistically, I probably anything that we talk about, I probably wouldn't know what you're on about until we're, if it's like post 2004, 2005, because that's when I was like seven or eight when I probably start understanding things. But you should yeah. understand things now. You're 21, yeah. mate. That's what that's what I mean. But I mean, yeah. like my first game was FM 07, 2007, um, and I, actually today I spent like five minutes trying to find like some videos on it. And all of them were like videos of Miles explaining everything, like not even new features, just explaining everything. I thought, why don't they do that now? We'll get someone to do that now. Because you get so many complaints about people. Well, not complaints, but people a lot of the time don't have a clue what they're doing and, and people saying, oh, new players can't come into it. I don't get why someone from a football manager doesn't doesn't still do them because I remember even Miles doing those sort of tutorials. But I, just, I was watching the FM 2017, uh, 2007 rather videos and just like, Look how clean and basic it looks. Obviously, I know now it's a lot more advanced. There's a lot more to do, but it just looks so nice. And just the lines, drawing the lines, the sliders, everything. I, I used to, it, as a youngster, it was so easy for me. I used to love that sort of thing. See, for me, I know a lot, a lot of people look back at the sort of the the, the pharaohs and the and the barrows. Um, but for me, like the the kind of the screen that I think that they, you know, they should honestly look at bringing back would be like the with ball without ball screen because a lot of you see a lot of people setting up teams where they've got about eight people on attack duties um and they're going what's going on what's what's going wrong well actually the the sort of with ball without ball screen here would be would be your friend because you'd be able to see instantly um in certain phases of the game where your players would be roughly on the pitch and you know it, it just it would be so easy for people to actually reassess what they're doing rather than just aimlessly put stick people on attack duties and then wonder why they're getting caught out on the counter. Yeah, I think well, I think I, I saw a, a picture of something similar on Twitter, um, and for people to say, oh yeah, for example, I've got X player at left back, he's really good at all the attacking things, so I'll just stick him on attack duty, and same with the right back, and then when you're getting pummeled down the wings and you can't get your head round why. I think that sort of screen, as you say, would would be helpful for that, even when you're against a bigger team. Although a player is good at something, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for your for your team. So I think any extra screen or extra 
page or have you to help show that a little bit more, especially for the newbies. Um, I think that would work quite well as a whole. One of my, I'd say my favourite things, and it's a bit of a, a niche one, but I always loved getting the Bosman announcement at the start of CM0102. I don't know if, if Curtie or Tobes remembers that at all, but before, for, for, for younger listeners, um, the Bosman rule hasn't always been a thing. Was it, was it Paul Bosman? The, the Belgian player who basically wanted to seek his release uh, and had to go through the courts to get it. And because he set a precedent, that then led to what we have now in that players can now move on free transfers once their contract ends. And I, that that announcement was first in. And also alongside that announcement, you would normally see that Fergie was retiring at the end of that season, which <laughs> which which terrifies me now to think that that was like 2001, that he was going to retire at the end of that season. And he continued on for another, what, 10 years? Yeah. Was that the first season he threatened retirement, was it? Was that, it well, that? Yeah, because it was coded into the game that he was retiring at the end of the season. And you just get that standard message. What a man. What a man. But yeah, they're they're they're, too, they're they're niche, but like I think it's more nostalgia making me look back fondly on those sorts of things. But um, I I completely agree with you about the the tactics screen, and almost that we've gone backwards uh, in in a in a search for simplicity. We've kind of made it more complicated. Yeah, I mean, this is it, it's always we, we always have to be careful as well because and I mentioned this on the stream the other day. It's very easy to remember fond memories and. You know, rose-tinted glasses, you know, remembering things in HD and how great everything was and, and then not picking out the bits the bits that were that were poor. But, you know, I, I also mentioned that there was an air of simplicity that made the game so endearing. And I'm, I am being specific here back to, you know, the early days of Championship Manager. Um, you know, I mean, Curtis already hit on it, so I won't dwell on it too much, but that... The anticipation, I mean, way back, you know, forget about 2D, 3D, and then, I mean, all you had was your stat screen, all you had was your your your, uh, your your commentary bar at the bottom. And only people who remember the game from back then will remember that intense anticipation you had when that bar at the bottom froze following a shot. And whether you'd get the exhilaration of the flash or whether you'd be putting your head in your hands because it's gone wide or it's hit the post or whatever it's may whatever it may be. Um and that's coming from someone who who over the years has enjoyed the fact that this game has gathered more depth and more things for us to do and more things for us to manage and micromanage within the game. And yet I still somewhat hold that easy and more simplistic game closer to me to my memory than than anything else um even in modern football now as we as we are all completely aware that money is completely <laughs> taking over um i mentioned briefly at the beginning there that football agents and how they are they are pretty much nowadays they are the the masters of the game in general they run what is happening between club a and club b i saw something um paraphrasing here, i've probably got the figures wrong but i think the premier league paid something like 300 400 million in agent fees alone or something something chronic over the past year or the two years whatever it was and it goes to show the way the game's changing whereas back on championship manager do you know what i want to sign del piero you're never going to sign del piero is it juventus has been there since a lad no i'm going to sign him and what happened you'd sign him now 
in realistic terms, it's very different nowadays, and you wouldn't, we wouldn't expect that from the game we know and love. But it doesn't mean that we don't like remembering fondly those type of memories when things were just a little bit simpler. Now, I don't want to be a party pooper, but teach going back to talking about the only commentary thing, and I mean, and Curtis was about to go on his game, uh, his match engine rant, and he stopped, but. That match engine could have been really bad. We just never saw it. You never saw the the, the crappy little passbacks and all of that jazz. I loved the only commentary, I have to admit. And you used to get through a season quite quickly. And I mean, I was young, I was naive, and I just just followed the One crowd. One thing led to another, and I then here I am, crowd. landed with landed with triplets. <laughs> but um, no, again, if you had the money in the bank, you could sign it. Don't matter whether you wanted to come or not, and you could make some wonderful, wonderful things with the. With the with all the, the tactics and that and it, it it it's making me sad. It is making me sad. I recently downloaded the um O three O four. It's on a free download somewhere online, and I smashed the uh, I smashed it. It's brilliant. It's so much fun. When the in game commentary tells a better story and gives you a better idea of what's going on <laughs> than a a three D representation of the pitch, there's a problem, right? I think we can all agree on that. That like, I. The whole suspense thing that Tobes and Curti have been touching on is real. If you play that on the slowest commentary option, that like pause in between is the most nerve-wracking thing, especially if you're a goal down already and you know someone's clean through and then you've got to wait and wait and wait and then it's either ecstasy or head in hands, as, as Tobes so accurately described. But the <laughs> the thing that just... I don't know. I, I don't think the game captivates me as much. Maybe it's because I prefer reading the narrative. I c- I've got a better imagination of what's going on. Like I've listened to Five Live since I was seven, and that's how I consumed a lot of football when I was younger. And I think having that text commentary kind of uh, almost marries up with that perfectly, that I'm I'm used to having to think how a pitch would be in, in my head and imagine where a player is on in the, on the pitch I mean, I'm not quite saying like we're talking of like early early radio wartime where they actually read out sort of the numbers and you've got a sheet of paper and you've got to work out where a player is. And by the time you've worked out, the ball's moved on about eight minutes. But yeah, there's just something romantic about it. Absolutely romantic about that that text commentary. I'm tempted to, to try and see if I can actually play FM18 on, on commentary only and see what what that actually feels like in comparison, see if it gives me the same exhilaration. It's something I've never considered until now. Maybe that's what I need. Like, follow the text commentary, base all of my decisions, like I used to on CMO 102 or, or even further back on CM9798 when it would work on my Pentium 133 piece of shit computer. Uh, is, is commentary only still on the, still on the game? I'm I don't not sure if it, it is. It is, yeah? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Um... Well, quickly touching on everything, I think that, uh, well, for example, my favourite game, I think, was FM09, not necessarily because it was the best game, just because I had like the best memories on it, as you say, and I can imagine for all of you, on commentary only, as you say, the imagination thing, um, you know, for example, still, you probably still remember you thinking when you was like 12 years old, Del Piero scoring for Russian and Diamonds in the Division 2 playoffs or whatever. In your head, you probably see him celebrating in front of the crowd and that. You still remember that from like 12, 20 years ago or whatever. Um, whereas now, obviously, we've got the 3D match engine and stuff like that. But for example, if 
if they brought, like for example, if I went and played FMO9 now, I'd probably love it for about a week. But if Football Manager, for example, recreated that game and brought it out next year, there'd be a lot of people that would like it. But I bet your new players would go, well, this is shit. Like, what, what is this? Uh, whereas obviously we'd enjoy it. If they, for me, if they kept the full game as is, obviously adding new features, but made the touch game a lot more simpler as it was with the sliders, the lines, I think there would be so many more people that played it rather than the touch literally being more or less the same game, just watered down, like no press conferences and that. It's the same game, just a lot quicker. I think if they want it, as I say, they want it for new players and so on, they should do it with a simpler interface and, and so on. I think that would be better. I mean that's the whole reason they brought in FM Touch, wasn't it? To yeah. try and try and recreate um, almost what they had with those sort of earlier games, where simplicity was king, and and you know you didn't have to waste your time doing doing loads of extra bits. Although now it, it seems to be the case they're adding a lot of that stuff into Touch anyway, so yeah. it's it's very very much kind of. Um, just a light version of the full fat version, which isn't actually anything like maybe what they dreamt of when they they brought in FM Touch. Um, just going back to the match engine stuff, um, I had a conversation with I think it was with you, Teach, the other day about um, the three D match engine and and like we all sort of moan about it at the moment. But do we think that's because we've all switched to three D this year? I mean, obviously at the start of the game, two D was terrible almost to the point of it being un- unusable um but whereas i don't know i think most of us have always played on 2d until this version and now all of a sudden we're seeing all this bullshit in the match engine actually is that not just the 3d graphical representation and it's always been there um but maybe you don't see it as much because you're watching in 2d i've gone back to 2d just had to slip <laughs> that in there I saw Nerd the other day playing it on his... Uh, on his on, the bullshit on his still exists. I was going to say. Look, it still I, exists. They still I, I, run it out of play when it's completely unnecessary to do so. They still It still hits the back of their heel when they try to pass it to them. I was going to wait for the rant. It'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to Dupe. He, he, he actually wanted to say something constructive. You carry on, sir. You carry on. But, yeah. So, <laughs> that was one of my three points that I'd written down that I wanted to, to get over. And I, I, I was hoping someone might mention, like, 2D. Like FMO nine, as 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 Dave was mentioning, had an awesome like two G two D match engine. It was fine. It, there was there was there was nothing wrong with it. Um, two D two uh, D classic is just. Oh, I'm I'm gonna I need to shed a tear for it. But the it's just it's so fucking broken. It's unbelievable. Like the fact that. That the three D has has almost sort of crept into the two D now because the because the two D is just a two D representation of the three D match engine. You don't see any of the silly like flicks, but you still see all of the dodgy little like two yard passes that they choose to pass to the player that's not beside them, but into the path of an on rushing opponent. No, that 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 all still happens. But um, I wanted to sort of speak about the sliders, um, and I. <sighs> I don't know if if the game now is more is is supposed to be more simple in terms of that's what I guess that's what the whole point of adding the player roles and duties was. Although we're led to believe that the 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 sliders underneath all of that still exist to some extent. They're still like the the, the numeric values that that drive it all. 
um, you just can't see them because I can't remember which uh, which game was it that it was introduced. But you had the option of both. There was a game where you had the option of both. Um, it may have been O nine. I'm I'm a bit sketchy on the date. Um, and I I sort of switched between the two. But there's one thing that I I loved having, and I I really get pissed off when I can't choose it or that I can't choose it anymore. Which is you can't select who a target man or a playmaker is, which infuriates me. I shouldn't have to select a specific role and force that player because what if he doesn't quite do one of the the defined roles very well? He's not maybe if he's got strength of nine, but he's an absolutely amazing passer, and I want him to sit back and just ping balls forward. But I don't want him to hold on to it for too long. I don't have that option because he's got hold hold a uh, hold position or hold up ball. Um, what can I do? I can't take it off. That's great. Cheers, Miles. Thanks. Um, so there's there's that that really pisses me off. And the same as you can't choose like the target man supply. That was a really fucking basic thing. Not every target man is going to be a, an eight foot bean pole. You might have a, a quickie Defoe type striker who will nip in, but you want to play it over his head or to feet or whatever. But you never you don't have that option anymore. Why why has it been dumbed down to the point where you can't be as specific as that? Um, and the, the the other actual point, and now I'm, I've got the rant out of the way, it's fine, I'll calm. But the other question I was going to raise, and we can we can park this uh, for another time if necessary, but do you think we'll look back on FM 16, 17, 18, and the players that we've signed, and like the cult heroes that most people know about, do you think we'll look at those so f- as fondly as we do on the, the players from CO 0102 or, or later? Do you think that there's that there's going to be that love there? Or are they or are they a bit more forgetful or forgettable even? I'll also leave us with a question, one that people might want to hit up on Twitter at Five Star Pod, um, and maybe this again. This is another big discussion, but I, I wanted to talk about as you just touched on roles. Do we feel the addition? So I'll, I'll lay it out. I love a box to box midfielder and have done for years. You know. Have loved the box to box midfielder for years. This year, it's it's I'm losing the love for what a box to box midfielder can do, and with the additions of midfield roles this year in the Mazzala and Carrillero, is it not beginning to complicate the roles available to the players on the pitch? And my thought process would be, next year we will see more roles, whether it be one, two, or or like this year four or five, but. <clears throat> Every time we every time we get given this new role for us to use on the game in the modern uh, instances of the game, which we didn't have back then, you know, we just had player positions, right? So when we're given these new roles, is each new role not pinching a little bit from another role and therefore making the role that we used to and the way it worked slightly different? I want to park this for. I think we should have a bigger discussion on this because I think we could go for a lot longer, and I don't think it it would it. I think because we have that option, I think we'll park this. Maybe for next week. Maybe it's a discussion we can actually have next week on roles. Do they? Act, what do they offer? And are they too limited? Uh, maybe that's the. Maybe we've just we've just dropped a teaser in the pod live that you're hearing recorded. So brilliant. <laughs> there we go. There Has we anyone go. else got anything else to to offer, or should we uh, should we move on to uh, what is usually known as people's favourite part of the podcast? But before we do that, we'll go to the poll results. Yes. Ha ha. See, you thought I was going to forget it, but I haven't. No, no, no. Led you on like suckers, like little suckers. Yeah. So the the as I, I alluded to, that the poll is actually um, 
linked to this theme of uh, of our favourite things in FM. We wanted to know when you first started playing the game. Uh, so we gave you four options. Uh, one being young young younglings who have, have only recently come to the game between FM 15 and FM 18. That was 21% of the vote. FM 11 to 15 was 19%. 18% was uh, FMO5 to FMO10 and a resounding victory for the old boys seemingly because uh, championship manager to championship manager 4 got a resounding 42% so there's a, a fairly even spread across the other options but that is way out in front does that not concern you slightly for I the think future so, yeah. of for the future of the game we love that the okay granted we only get a, we don't even get a snapshot of who plays this game we just get a snapshot of people who whom listen to our pod or consume our other content that we do. But 42% play this game right now because they've been playing Championship Manager. And when, I was, when we were asked a question on last week's pod, someone said um, uh, something about uh, why do you play Football Manager, one of the questions, and I apologise for the name wh- whom I forgot. But my answer was habit. I buy it every year. So where do we drive the new people coming in? How are they getting here? Are they meeting this wall and going, whew, not for me? Yeah, I, well, I, I I think it could be that maybe it's a, a case of that you could argue that the spread of the other, other results makes up the majority of the poll. So you could say that it's maybe within the last 10, 10 or so years that people have picked it up. But I, I do take the point that Obviously, the core fan base, I would have thought, for the most part, have been playing it for for at least 10 years. And therefore gives you a a, a, a rough look at an age demographic as well of people who are playing it. <clears throat> you know, people who've been playing it back since uh, Championship Manager 2 or Championship Manager 1. You know, we're talking, we're talking guys who must be in and around my age, 35, you know, 34, 35, maybe a little bit older. And the guys who have picked it up recently, you know, you could guess that they're, they're much younger. Uh, but that but that percentage of those people who've picked it up in the last three years is is scary to look at. But then maybe this is you know, SI this year have tried to uh, tried to do uh, tournaments and stuff, which Dave was Dave was a part of, of course, and involving FIFA YouTube. So I get the drive and why why they did it. But uh, I think they need to do more because seeing figures like that off just such a tiny, it'd be great to do a Steam wide survey. That'd be that'd be incredible. That'd be nice to see, uh, just to see where the age demographic lies. Um, but uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully we end up with something soon that drives a lot more new players into this game. It'll be interesting to see how that um, how they measure the success of. I mean, obviously the Creators Cup. It was it was nice to see SI actually doing something within the community. Um, uh, there was obviously a, a fair bit of negativity around the fact that there were two FIFA YouTubers in there. Um, you can argue for and against why they were in there. Uh, personally, I don't see an issue with it. They're obviously trying to hit a, a different market, um, but it would be interesting to see how they measured um, whether that was a successful, uh, whether that was a successful thing that they did. Yeah, I, I do. I do agree. It's obviously a, a a part of a tactic. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's got quite to the point that they're. <laughs> You know their their patrons are dying out. It's not quite that to that extent, but I would I would imagine that uh, it is a slight concern for them that maybe with the game changing as it has done, it might 
push sort of older fans away from it. And also, m- more to the point, probably older fans of as you become adults, you you have more commitments uh, and maybe don't have the time to play it. So um, we, we and we've already touched on that with sort of the mentions of touch and things like that. Anyway, uh, there may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized inflatable, but we do have... Curtis Quiz! Right, so as this week's poll revolved around kind of... Well, it didn't really revolve around retro champ manager features, um, but it did revolve around when you started playing the game. Uh, This week's quiz is going to revolve around retro football. Now... I thought a quiz based on 90s football would give the older guard of the pod too much of an advantage. So, based on that... uh, You do pick eight United questions a quiz, (laughs) but, you know... Closet fan ears. Closet. Closet something. Uh, So, this week's quiz is based on famous events in our beautiful game from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Hopefully... That levels the playing field a little bit. There's going to be a lot of silence in this quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, uh, is everyone ready? Aye. Uh, Usual rules obviously apply. One point for a correct answer. First to shout in. Gets the opportunity to answer that question. If you get the question wrong, you're eliminated from the rest of the question and subject to the minus one point Viking Dan rule. We will start with question number one. Now... You might not know this because it doesn't get mentioned much in the England English press, but England actually managed to win a World Cup way back in 1966. Jeff Hurst was the hero that day, definitely sc- scoring a definitely not controversial hat-trick to see England lift the Jules Rimet trophy. But who scored England's other goal in that famous 4-2 win? West Ham teach. fans. I'm teach. just gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna roll with the uh, the uh, the minuses here, and I'm just gonna come in with Charlton. Minus one. There we go. I just gonna. I'm just gonna rock his, it. Uh, name. I know. I know his first name. You know his first name. Nerd. Nerd. Roger Hunt. Minus one. Oh, that's who I thought it was. Nope. Uh, the answer is Martin Peters. Uh, oh. wasn't who I was thinking of anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> that, that bodes well for the rest of the quiz. Uh, number two, <laughs> England's third goal in that game caused arguments for years about whether the ball crossed the line or not. Apparently, it's been proved subsequently that it did. But what nationality was the linesman? Dupe. Dupe? Russian. Is correct. Oh. I would have also accepted Soviet or Azerbaijan there, just so you know. Um. Question number three. The 1970 World Cup saw one of the greatest Brazil sides lift the trophy in the final after a 4-0 defeat of which country? Dupe. Dupe. Italy. Is correct. Okay, now. You giving him the answer, son? No. Question number four. In 1974, Brian Clough became manager of then Champions of England, Leeds United. Which manager did he replace in the hot seat? Nerd. Nerd. Don Revy. Nerd, you're back to zero, son. Or could have had Don fucking Revy. (laughs) I'm sure Brian would never have said that. 
Definitely said that. Question five. Don Revy replaced Alf Ramsey as England manager due to England's failure to qualify for the 1974 World Cup held in Germany. West Germany won the competition, beating which side Nerd. in the final? Nerd. Netherlands. Netherlands is correct. Question number six. Nottingham Forest won the European Cup in 1979, beating Swedish side Malmo 1-0 in the final. Can you name the player who scored the winning goal in the Nerd. final? Nerd. Trevor Francis. Trevor Francis is correct. Question number seven. Colombia were chosen as hosts of the 1986 World Cup, but had to forfeit holding the tournament due to economic reasons. Which country stepped in as replacement hosts? 1986. Nerd. Nerd. Mexico. Fuck off. Mexico is correct. Bastard. Question number eight. Lads, carry on. Join in if you want, lads. <laughs> yeah, Marco... I'm about to win this. <laughs> Dave's on the charge. Marco Van Basten scored one of the most iconic goals of all time for the Netherlands in the 1988 European Championships final. But which nation were their opponents in that final? Hmm. What was it, Euros? Go on, nerd. You know yeah. this, nerd. Take a guess, nerd. Dave. Level up two. Dave. I'll go with Italy again. Minus one. Fuck me. I don't know. We all passing? Yeah. Tactical nerd. I like it. Right. It was the USSR. Back in of the USSR. It was. That was my second choice answer. Question number nine. The 1988-89 First Division title race obviously the first division now known as the Premier League for all you young'uns, was the closest in the competition's history at that time. Arsenal beat Liverpool on the final day of the season, 2-0, to secure the title on goal difference, by one goal, in fact. Who scored Arsenal's 91st minute goal, claiming the trophy for the Gunners? It's up for grabs now. Nerd. Nerd. Alan Smith. Minus one. Yeah, that was good. Oh, what's his fucking name? He's on bloody top He, sport, he, he signed he? for Liverpool a couple of years later. I know who it is oh, as well. That's not who I, I thought it was. It. Right, another pass. I thought uh, it was... The answer no, no. is Michael yeah. Thomas. I fucking knew it was Mickey Thomas. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. I thought yeah. it was Perry Gross. Never heard of him. He's got two first names. Disrespectful. <laughs> Question number 10. All to play for. Here's here's the Man United question. It wasn't all roses for Fergie at United. The first four or five years of his reign returned no silverware. In 1990, on the road to United's first trophy under Ferguson. Nerd. Nerd. Mark Robbins. Is correct. Fuck yes. off. <laughs> yes. I love that. I absolutely... I I finally, I've like, not been fucked I by going in that. early on a question. Ballsy <laughs> play. Right. This is a question. What, Ten questions. Question? Tougher quiz than usual. So, Great uh, quiz, Curtie. Great quiz. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting one. Did you want to finish uh, the last question so people know what, what I've answered Mark Robbins to? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Fergie... Uh, well, United beat Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. 
the winning goal that day was said to have saved Alex Ferguson's job. Um, so if Mark Robbins hadn't popped up and scored the winner, who knows what could have happened uh, to modern day football. Anyway, uh, quiz is over in uh, joint third place on minus one each was uh, Dave Azapardi and Teach. Well done, lads. I mean, no I don't shame, think anyone no would have bet on me. No one would have bet on me to win that one, you know? Hey, well, you know, barely any of you were born when uh, when these questions were... Uh, Matt was born in the 60s, wasn't he? 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, in second place, he started strong and, yeah, just ran out of puff, maybe. Uh, uh, second place... That sounds with, familiar. With <laughs> two points. That's what she says. <laughs> you can't say it about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> You're right, your dad Second. says that, Dave. Well done. Woo! Well done, Duke. I tried, I tried. And he fucking did yeah, on the last one, the bastard. Uh, and three points, nabbing that all-important last uh, last question, is Nerd. Right on, Back in the champion's chair. Well Thank done, you. Nerd. Well done, son. Thoroughly deserved. Love the Robin's answer at the end. <laughs> I love the fact, like, obviously, we, and we say this all the time for anyone who doesn't know when we record, we can see each other. And you could see that that moment he realised he'd gone in early and actually came out on top. It was that one time he'd managed <laughs> to knock Curtie off his off his peg and say, do you know what? You've not fucked me this mm-hmm. time. It was like a, that little delay, wasn't it? It was like the commentary bar back in the, <laughs> back in the old champ. Topical. <laughs> I, I will say one thing, though. I do worry that next week is just going to be loaded question after loaded. He's got caught now. You fucked him off. He's going to come back. To there will be punishment. All. There will be yeah. punishment. Brilliant. We're going to do I'll a 40s quiz next week. The whips. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have I'm going to have Matt answers and everyone hang else on. answers next week. Oh, hang on, hang on, Curtis. Surely though, as it's about rolls, are we going to be talking about am rolls and cheese rolls and all that sort? Don't of start rolls? talking I'm about right. rolls. You're trigger razz. <laughs> I'm right on the street with that, mate. <laughs> right, I'm going to bring this right back around. So. Thank you, Curti, for that excellent quiz. It was it was probably one of the more more tough ones. I have to admit, but yeah, it was good. I don't think any any of us were, well were you born for any of the uh, questions, Curti yourself? Oh yeah, I was born in 1981. Oof, oof, tears. Anyway. Right. <laughs> so uh, because we've gone on quite a while this week, because we all got a bit impassioned about well. Say all me. It was my fault. Blame me. I'm sorry. So we've only got time for one question this week, but it does link back perfectly to our sort of general topic of this of this pod, and it's from uh, CM and FM Nostalgia, which is at CM underscore nine seven ninety eight on Twitter. Um, Ask, can you remember your first ever save on Championship Manager or Football Manager, and how did they do? Now, who wants to start with this one, Mr. Dave? Go. Wolves I, yeah, that's it. I said it a number of times. FMO seven, it was Wolves, and I probably did pretty crap on it. I, <laughs> I don't think I ever played the game well or seriously, probably until about FMO nine. So uh, I'm pretty sure I was probably bottom for majority of that save before I got sacked. Uh, it was it was it was one of the really early ones. Like, I can't pinpoint exactly, but I know it's a Manchester United one, and I was half a manager. The reason being, I got to control the keyboard. My brother got to control the mouse. We were kind of like joint managers. I did no decision making. I was literally just hitting the space bar, which is pretty much what I do now with a four three three. Mine was Championship Manager two, and I was obviously Blackburn. And I think my computer ran out of hard drive space before I got to finish the save. So 
if I don't even think I got three months in before it just crashed continuously and I gave the game to my mate so <laughs> that went well and so I didn't even really get to play it properly unless I was around his so tears for me it, as well you're saying that your hard drive yeah. needs checking that <laughs> I'm not saying that that hard drive may have needed checking but for other reasons than what you're insinuating <laughs> Um, yeah, again, CM, CM. Oh, sorry, no, Kurt, go. go ahead. Go. Go. Uh, CM2, Manchester United. Um, I'll be honest, I can't remember the save. I barely remember what happened last week, let alone bloody 20 odd years ago. <laughs> it's that old age, mate. Um, <laughs> but you can pretty much guarantee it will have ended in a sacking. You know, I mean, we're talking about, I stumbled upon this game. Um, so um, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been a uh, rip roar in my way. Uh, through through many many leagues and many successful nights, um, but uh, but yeah, fond memories of it. And and and, and to highlight just what Dupe said, my fond memories. And I've said this before, um, a more situation. Uh, I was playing with me my brother and, and and friends and stuff like that. So uh, my memories pertain not necessarily to the game, but the situation at the time. So uh, so yeah, great stuff. Uh, yeah, mine was uh, a save played with my old man as well. He was United. I was Liverpool. Um, and uh, I don't remember too much of the finer details, but I do remember winning the European Cup. So that's still one of my greatest achievements on uh, on on management your, simulation games. It's your dad still having a mad about you beating him as well. I remember you telling me about this before. Uh, at the time, I mean, I think he's probably got over it now. Um, you know, how, how, when was Championship Manager first released? I mean, that's it must be a good 40 years ago, 20, 26 years ago, maybe 26. Yeah, I think it was. So, yeah, yeah he's, I mean, I'll ask him at Christmas, but hopefully, he's uh, <laughs> I don't get a postcard. <laughs> hopefully, he's got over it. I know we're really pushed for time, but I just wanted to mention, like, we I know we're talking about our first saves, but one of the saves I can really remember was, was 14. And uh, I had done a journeyman save, and I'll be really quick, I promise. But it was—it's a record, so I want to just mention this. And um, I was—I was doing a journeyman, and I got offered the United job. I took the United job in the interview. I said I'd go to all the press conferences. I denied—I declined the first press conference, and I got sacked. Um, so that one always sticks with me. That's always a great save for me. Literally, just—just it, it just fell out of his ass after that. I was like, oh, brilliant! Got the United job. Decline. Oh fuck! You did a Leroy Rossini. Do you uh, last pass. more than ten minutes or less? I normally last a little bit longer than that. Well, Dupe said he was going to be quick and he You're broke a lying, record. So. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lying, definitely lying. I, uh, I've, I've done similar to that. I've taken jobs and then, uh, and then like put in a demand and then said, you know, oh, oh I don't think I can manager. continue to do my job and then just been sacked after about a week. <laughs> off, off a board ultimatum. Yeah. I need that money right now or I'm going there like there's I a need, door. Yeah. Get out <laughs> okay, I won't go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tail between legs and fuck off yeah. sorry tangent <laughs> tangent indeed no actually no it was entirely on point so well done sir thank you um, thank you also for all of your fantastic questions that you continue to uh, ask us via our twitter account or in the dedicated section on of the well on the uh, Weestream FM discord channel before we go then it's time for some plugs uh, Mr Kurt Dog where can people find you uh, Kurt FM everywhere Fantastic. We're back to succinct answers. Love that. Tobes, where can people find you? Officially teach on Twitch. Marvellous. Dupe. Everywhere you go, FM Dupe. Fantastic. Ooh, a bit of variance. I like that. Dave has a party. Where can people find Yao? Yao? Yao. Yeah, I'm not as uh, not as organised as the others, but it's Dave has a party on YouTube and Twitter, and uh, Dave has a party FM on Twitch. Fantastic. And you can find me at Nerdphonic absolutely everywhere. 
Um, not the other places that Dave normally likes to mention. Uh, all of the links for each of us are in the description of this very podcast, as is the link for the aforementioned WeStream FM Discord server. Uh, we actually, for, for WeStream FM, we do have our own little bit of news. We've announced a, a new member of the team, uh, and that's uh, Mr. Liam. So if you do, uh, if, you, if you're not aware of him, make sure you check the description of the podcast because the link for him will also be there. Uh, if you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a review on iTunes as it really does help us out quite genuinely. Um, so if you do have time, pop a five-star review on there. It would be marvellous. If you listen via the, to the pod via SoundCloud, then please drop us a follow. You'll be notified when we next upload a pod, which is 8am on Mondays, if you weren't already aware. The, the Five Star Potential Podcast is also available on most other popular podcast apps. This has been Five Star Potential, a Wee Stream FM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Catch you later. Ciao for now. See you later.